Hi everyone, thank you for tuning into Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is season four finale, mm. episode 32. Mm, say it again, finale. <laughs> means it's going to be lit. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And on this episode, we're going to do it for the culture, and we're doing a deep dive into Marvel's Black Panther. And just so you know, there will definitely be spoilers, so just be warned. I think we should just, let's get into it. Yeah, we definitely have to get into this film. It was just mm. so good. We got to talk about it. Mm, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> I literally been waiting for this movie to come out for like... Since the trailer dropped. Yeah, bro. I seriously. was so excited. I didn't even know I was a Black Panther fan until, that, <laughs> until I saw him in the last movie, Captain America Civil War. Um, So when the movie came out, Twitter was on fire, even, I mean, all of social media for that matter. During the Hollywood premiere of Black Panther, the red carpet transformed into an African culture runway. Like, literally. It was so beautiful. Um, Guest invitation, basically red royal attire requested and Hollywood delivered. There was African prints, um, vibrant colors, beautiful culture representation all over. And people have kept that up with the premiere this week throughout the country and overseas as well. Yeah, so before we get into the movie, I gotta know, like, what did you end up wearing, Key? I felt like you went in, like, all black, like, with a beret on, little militant chic, had the natural hair popping off, like... I was thinking that, but I was like, mm, because it was raining that day, and I was like, mm. But I did wear, like, I had, like, a black top. It was, like, a kind of a printed cape-looking thing, and some, just, you know, I had some dark-colored jeans, and... My hair was twisted, so I didn't have it, like, fully out. Because it was raining, and it was humidity, and you know for the natural hair sisters, when it's humidity outside, your curls don't come out the way you want them to. So you kind of have to do a little protective hairstyle and still keep it cute. Um, but what about you? What did you wear? Well, first, shout-outs to Ashley Hall. If you haven't heard that last episode, definitely go check it. Curls for girls. It's a lit. How to plug. I like that. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But for me, I actually... I, I went out and wore my black and gold dashiki, which felt great because it was actually my first time going out and wearing it. And I honestly, I I never thought I would find like a the perfect time to put it on, but it was lit. I got I had it with my little leather on, and just the whole experience was just great. There were people, there were people everywhere at the theater dressed up, makeup like great outfits and it was funny there was some dude in my theater who had some drums with him like when the movie started <laughs> i felt like lion king I, it was it was it was crazy it, literally once the movie started he started going <laughs> in on the drums and literally I, thought, I seen someone hold up simba in the background like it was it was crazy yo I love our people. Like, I love it. I just love all the actionness around this film. I love every ounce of it. It's amazing. Yeah, they definitely showed up and showed out. So, can't wait to see what those final numbers look like over the weekend. Oh, gosh. And they coming in, too. Facts. Um, so, just to start it off, like, the, the first thing that really stood out about this movie was the star-studded cast, which included household names and up-and-coming names such as Chadwick Bosman, a.k.a. T'Challa, who played Black Panther and the King of Wakanda. A.k.a. Zaddy. Oh. <laughs> okay. Do it for the dark skin. <laughs> Do it for the culture. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, Michael B. Jordan, who you may know from Fruitville Station, Creed. He played Eric Killmonger, a.k.a. T'Challa's cousin. Angela Bassett, who looked amazing. Oh, my God. Like, she looked like regal, she, honey. Duh, elegance, everything, all grace, child, everything. She definitely be like showering in cocoa butter, like because she just looked on point. What? Um, she played Ramonda, T'Challa's mother. Um, Daniel Kalua, he's the star of Get Out. He played Wakabi, who in a relationship with Oki, who was actually played by Danae Garira, and you may know her from playing Michonne in The Walking Dead. There was also Forrest Whitaker, who played Zuri, Lupita Nyong'o, who played Nakia, she was a spy in the movie, and Latia Wright, who was Black Panther's sister, Shuri. I loved her. Yeah. She was like my favorite character. I mean, she was my favorite, and his right-hand woman was my favorite as well. Yeah. And of course, all of them was my favorite, but she had it. <laughs> And st- 
Sterling Brown, who played Najobu. But for me, my favorite was, hands down, Michael B. Jordan. He literally, from the, from the beginning of the movie, I'm just like, yo, this dude should have been Black Panther. No disrespect for Chadwick, but I felt like he just had all the energy. He literally, that was his movie. I loved his character, um, uh-huh. and I'm definitely a fan of his. But I don't. I felt like Chadwick played a great Black Panther. I think the reason um, Michael B. Jordan coming in and playing who he did, which we're going to get into further into the episode, there was a reason for that. But I will say, when he took off his shirt, I was like, I w- "Yes." I, that was the one part I was annoyed about. Cause I was like, "Look at them six pack, honey!" But them, them, them circles he had or dots i was it's like at first i was like yes but then when i seen the dots i was like mm, i don't know like, it was like, if if you guys if you guys haven't seen the movie you're gonna see it again because i'm probably gonna see it again. i'm gonna see it again definitely have to um i feel like when he took off his shirt he like smirked because he could hear the audience going crazy in the background <laughs> i was just like all right all right all right let's just get to the fight scene all right all right let's let's keep this moving um, but in addition to the big names in the film, this was a predominantly black cast, so this was a real Hollywood blackbuster. And it was see, amazing to see that. You saw, you saw what I did there? I get it. It's black, black, yeah. Because there was a black, black. I, am, I get it. It's, I get it. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. Um, one of the most significant points in the movie was colonization versus non-colonization. And to give you a backstory, Black Panther T'Challa is from the fictional country in Africa called Wakanda, where he's not only the king, but he's also the fiercest warrior that they have to protect the country. And Wakanda is the most technologically advanced country in the world, as it was founded on a land full of vibranium, which is the strongest known metal to earth. And Wakanda is so technologically advanced that they choose to hide it from the rest of the world and isolate themselves so outsiders don't come in and interfere with their peaceful and prospering society. And they do this by pretending to be a third world country, and they do it pretty well. Wakanda was not colonized. Do you know how powerful that is? It represented hope and possibility. T'Challa came from privilege being born into wealth, and his world... Justice could be achieved without violence unless it was completely necessary. He had a utopia view of the world. Killmonger, on the other hand, was a product of a colonized America. Now, keep in mind, Killmonger is T'Challa's cousin, and T'Challa's father had killed Killmonger's father for stealing vibranium, bringing it to the U.S., trying to... um, Essentially, like, start a revolution. Killmonger's father, living in America, saw the oppression and his people just not having that peace and prosperity, and he really wanted to make a difference. He was, like, a Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, as I was saying before, Killmonger is a product of a colonized America. He experienced racism and oppression. He came from a world where you have to work twice as hard to be considered half as good as a white man. His anger came from that place in addition to losing his father and being left behind. He was tired and fed up. A wise man once said, to be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a state of rage almost all the time, James Baldwin. Now, Killmonger, that's where his rage was coming from in addition to losing his father. Yeah. And so Killmonger, along with... Some Wakandans? <laughs> to some extent, believe they as a people should be doing more to help their oppressed brothers and sisters around the world. And he firmly believes that in revolutions in the past and did not have the firepower to make a difference and Wakanda is sitting on enough weapons to take down the oppressed and start the world over with people of color on top. In light of what's going on in our administration and the treatment of black people in America or lack thereof, Pierre, do you think Killmonger's approach was wrong or too radical? Um definitely think his approach was very radical and i love that this movie directly deals with the idea of people of color who have found success and power and dealing with it and and how to make a difference for their fellow man like that that concept i thought was a great one to actually like dive into but i completely disagree with michael b jordan's stance because i never believe violence is the, the is the answer and okay, so what would you have done differently? Keeping in mind, he w- he came from oppression, racism, and being alienated from his family and losing his father. Um, what would I have done differently if I was in his position? Yeah. If I was in his position, um, 
I wouldn't, I would not try to, I don't, what would I do differently? That's so, that's tough. Like That's a loaded question, right? Yeah, I'm not going to go and just start a freaking revolution to literally, like, I just think you're doing more of the same. When you're creating oppression versus the oppressed and colonizers versus the colonized, like, if you just flip the world on its head and do it all over again, you're just going to create that same animosity and then it's a, it's just a vicious cycle. So um, you could be strong, support your fellow men without having to oppress other people at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what I would do differently if I was him. Like if he wanted to help out um, people of color around the world, he could do like, hey, you guys could come to Wakanda or something. You have a home country now to come back to or something like that. I don't know. I just wouldn't be out there blowing shit up. I mean, <laughs> I, I see. Even your point. though during the movie, I was just like, "Get it, let's go." <laughs> he was tempted. <laughs> he was tempted. Um, I mean, I get your point. I'm just saying, like, being that you said you didn't not necessarily agree with his approach, like, what would be an alternative? As much as we are able to critique, you know, someone's stance on something, whether it was too radical or whether it was, I don't necessarily know if it was completely wrong i just think it needed to be developed more his Mm, approach yeah um i do think it was perceived as too radical but when you're coming from a stance of oppression and being um dealing with racism and then you were left behind knowing that you had exposure and all these resources and you were part of this family this royal family Mm. it's like wow like what am i left to do like he was literally left on his own and he survived he did really well for himself um killing people yeah i know right (laughs) but at the same token, it's like, when I look at him, I see the rage of black Americans in this country. Yeah. And you can't, it, it's not something that you could be like, oh, you could bypass and be like, okay, you're, you're, I could see your approach being wrong. Or I just think it's a bit too radical. I think it needs to be developed more. But I understand why he felt the way he did and why his character was incorporated into the film and the storyline because it makes you kind of see like, the alternative of being in this world and way how black men and women are treated in America. And it's like to come in and come to this country and it's like, wow, we're royalty, we're kings, we're queens, we're their unity. You know, it's so many symbolism and um, so many nuances in the film that I think stand out. And I really feel like we could walk away from it as, you know, black people and kind of reinforce it within our communities. I could see his stance being too radical, but I wouldn't say it was completely wrong. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Oh God! But and just to give you guys a little bit of a background, he's from Oakland, California. So he definitely wasn't growing up in Baldwin Hills. So. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So, what were your initial thoughts about the Wakandan staying out of the issues other people of color around the world were dealing with? And do you see that playing out in everyday life? And just to be clear, when I say everyday life, I mean just people of color who have reached certain levels of success and freedom for themselves and like, how do you think that should be handled when it comes to supporting their fellow people of color? I think it's happening now with celebrities. Mm-hmm. Um, well, some, not all. Some celebrities that are in powerful positions and have a platform and don't discuss issues or really utilize their platform when it comes to social, social injustice issues, especially in regards to police brutality. You've seen who was pro us and who was not us and you know who was actually speaking out speaking about these issues and actually made it a point to where i can't breathe t-shirts while they're practicing before playing a game or those who use the time that they had with press conferences to really be vocal about what's going on in the black community and i'm, I'm sure for those who've been keeping up with these celebrities you know who are actually being vocal about it and utilizing their platform and, and who's not so i do think it's it's happening now and it's it's definitely problematic in terms of to see it on screen. It's like art imitate life and life imitate art kind of thing. But I understand T'Challa not wanting to get involved in terms of other parts of the world. I didn't see it from a point of not wanting to help. I seen it from a point of not wanting to be colonized and did not want people to try to come into Wakanda and try to take control of it and make it into something that it's not. Um, I didn't really originally perceive it as, oh, they didn't want to help other black people around the world because they didn't want to be bothered with them or they did not want to deal with taking on those problems. 
I didn't necessarily see it that way. I just seen it as if we utilize our resources and give it out to the rest of the world, colonizers are going to come and try to take it over and make it their own, not giving us credit, marginalizing us, and then once again, putting us in oppressive situations. So that's how I perceive that. But in the context of what's going on now in the world and in terms of like people of color, celebrities not really standing up for the community and not really doing much, I don't, they're, some of their points are more so they don't want to tamper with their fan base. They don't want people to perceive them as being anti this or pro that. Um, and they don't, and they don't want to discredit their, their careers and where they've made it. Not really sure that reasoning to me doesn't coincide with why T'Challa did not want to provide the, the resources or be there for other black people throughout the world. Those two intentions are completely different. So his stance, I can understand if it was based off of the premise that they did not want to be colonized, but I still think they should be doing more and helping. But in regards to the current situation now, I feel like celebrities of color and black celebrities need to step up more and do more and utilize their platform because it actually does make a difference. And in regards to that, another significant point in the film, which I truly love, is the representation of and portrayal of black women. Um, there were many beautiful women of color on display, and they held many titles and positions like warriors, scientists, queens, doctors, pilots, spies, and more. It was just a beautiful sight to see. And there were a lot of dark-skinned women as well mm -hmm. on the screen. So that, I thought that was interesting, too. So Black Panther's general and his fiercest warrior was portrayed by Danae Gurria. Sorry if I mispronounced that. But she also is known as Michonne from The Walking Dead. So definitely has lots of fans. She was one of my favorites. I remember when the CIA guy asked her, like, does she, he asked the child, does she speak English? She was like, when I want to. I was like, do it for the culture, honey. Do it for the culture. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that I liked about this film is that a lot of think pieces started to come out around it, how people decipher and certain nuances in the film, which I think is important. One of my favorites was written by Sasali Bowen titled Black Panther has a message for black men, trust black women. <laughs> and the writer really depicts certain aspects of the film that I think is important. So T'Challa's sister Shuri, she's a lead engineer who spends her time in technological innovation, keeping the country thriving and her brother alive. And T'Challa's army consists of black ball-headed women. Do you know how powerful that is? Like black dark-skinned ball-headed women are part of his army that he trusts and one of his right hand woman is a black woman which i think is also important and what that symbolizes is that black panther and wakanda would not have exist without black women it is a direct reflection of what is going on in our country shall we take a trip down memory lane <laughs> all right so in 2016 presidential election 94 percent of black women showed up and showed out by voting for hillary clinton meanwhile back at the ranch 54% of white women were voting for Trump, a.k.a. the pussy grabber. Oh, God. And now we are having annual woman marches to make up for y'all mishaps. But ain't none of my business, though. Recently in Alabama, black women voted 98% for Democrat Doug Jones. Meanwhile, 63% of white women voted for the Republican Roy Moore. Yeah. So, again, we have a problem here, okay? Even the Democratic National Committee Chairman Tom Perez tweeted the following day, Let me be clear. We won in Alabama and Virginia because black women led us to victory. Black women are the backbone of the Democratic Party, and we can't take that for granted, period. We the backbone of this country, bruh. Let's keep it all the way 100. I love you, Michelle. <laughs> and despite black women efforts, sexism within our communities are still equates black achievement and liberation within male superiority. For instance, activist Angela Davis has spoken openly about dealing with chauvinism she experienced with the Black Panther movement as she advocated for black liberation. And this is very true. She spoke about it in her autobiography. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting her when she, she came to Syracuse University. She was a visiting professor, and she was teaching a course, and I had the pleasure of being in her course. I was so happy when I was able to get enrolled into her course because I signed up. I was like, I need to be in this class. It was one class? or multiple? It was just one class. Okay. She was a visiting professor. And right. it was only for like a couple months. It was an amazing experience. It was a very small, intimate class. Um, different people within a class in terms of demographic, age, um, career paths. It was a very 
good experience. And just to be next to her and talk with her. And she just, she's very humbling. Like, despite all the things that she's been through and experienced, extremely knowledgeable, smart woman. And she has just a very humble spirit and energy about her. That's just kind of like, I was around her. I'm like, yo, let's just go out here and start a movement. <laughs> let's just start a movement on campus. So I got some ideas. And she's just like, okay, Kiana. <laughs> like, let's peel it back a little bit. But she was really a great inspiration to be around. And um, I had just the pleasure of being in her class. And I wish I could do it again. Um, it was an amazing experience. Wait, so you had multiple classrooms? Like, so you, or just a one, like, two, three hour class? She was, it was, she was a visiting professor on campus. I know, she visited for the day? No, she like, was there for like, it was a course for like two oh, months. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was like, it was, I mean, it was a very intense course because it was a short amount of time, so, but it was wonderful. And, and people want to know, what did you get in the class? In regards to? Your grade. I passed, and I did a great job. Yeah, <laughs> of, course. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, but aside from that. Yeah, so. Um, one of the most powerful scenes was when Wakanda escalated to civil war. Okie, uh, by, played by Danae Gurira, the leader of Black Panther's Queen Guard, she faces off with her lover, Wakabi. That's played by Daniel Kaluuya. And during that fight scene, he asked her, would you kill me, my love? <laughs> that is a little question. Because a deeper meaning is and has always been for black women. Do we abandon what is right for ourselves, our children, and our communities, or act out on undying loyalty to black men for the sake of upholding their place as patriarchs? Her response for Wakanda, no question. And guess what? He drops his weapons and bow down as he should. What was your interpretation of that scene from a male standpoint, Pierre? And if the roles was reversed, would you expect him to respond the same way? Um, so I really did like that scene, <laughs> but... What you was thinking about when you seen that thing? Um, one, she's like bossy. She about that life. Yeah, I I like strong, powerful women, and she definitely was that in a bag of chips. So all right, yeah, Just, do it okay. back to the nineties. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> my, even though I'm an eighties baby, eighty nine. Can we bring it back? <laughs> Bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I really did like that scene. I like the fact that one, she was on the on the right side. Like she was with T'Challa with Black Panther and didn't want to see her country go into civil war. Like it was just getting crazy out of nowhere. But she went left real quick. Facts. Like if the tables was turned and mm-hmm. he said that to her, as a man, would you, it would would it be expected because men are known to be in some instances, not all, logical, <laughs> um, and emotionless. In that instance, if the roles was reversed and he was a man to say that to her, would he? Would you feel like he was in the complete right of doing so and it was expected because he's a man? Or would you would have been like, yo, like, he should have done that differently? If she asked, would you kill me, my love? Yeah. And he responded the same exact by way. Like, yeah. By not doing because it? Because the reason why I ask is that when she did that, as a woman watching that, and this is why I really did enjoy that scene and how it played out, is because in the back of my mind, I was like, it could, this could go one of two ways. It could either be she's caught up in love and she's an emotional and oh, because that's the thing. Women are clouded by emotions and love and that's the BS that runs around in misinterpretation. She could easily fall into that and be like, oh no, I'm not. Or it could go one of two ways because she's a woman. But if that was a man in that position, the roles were reversed. It's expected for him to say, oh, no, I'm standing up for my country. And as a return, I will kill you. So that's what I'm saying. Would it have been expected or would you have thought he would have responded differently? I would think he wouldn't have killed his girl. I, I would have thought love really? would. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's cute. <laughs> I just, I didn't think, I didn't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe because I'm just a hopeless romantic. So I would think he would not kill his girl and try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I, I didn't even think about it from that perspective that you were saying in terms of, like you said, trying to portray women as just being solely emotional yeah. and, and she wouldn't do that. Um, I think love is a powerful thing and when it's evolved, like everything else can just be clouded by it, but 
that's just that's just me. No, I mean, I'm glad that you kind of spoke to it from that standpoint. Um, I think if the roles were, was reversed and it was a man, I would expect for him to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't have expected to be one of two ways. That's why I said, like, in regards to her, I'm glad that it played out the way it did, that she followed through and it wasn't like she succumbed to anything. And it was like, oh, because that's why men make comments about, oh, you can't have a woman as a leader because... If she gets her menstrual, she like all of that BS and misconceptions about females as if we can't make logical decisions. And I think we actually do. We think very logical on things, actually more so than men, because we consider other factors that you guys may not consider. So no shade. I'm just, you know, keeping it a hundred. But I did appreciate that scene for what it was. And I love that, that it wasn't clouded by anything. And she did follow through. She was like a real woman in, in the sense of, to me, it wasn't like, oh, she's being a man. She's being a woman standing her ground. And I really respected her for that. Mm-hmm. So as a woman, Key, what, what did this movie mean to you, seeing all these powerful women on screen? And also, were there any scenes that really stood out to you? Um, It was amazing to see it. Honestly, I to me, I felt like I was one of his soldiers. I was like, sign me up. Where my outfit at? Um, the ball head thing is going to take a bit of a while because I love my roots. You know, and I am natural. But... I loved every minute of it because I felt like I was a part of it and I was in it. You know, I felt like this was a proper representation of me and my culture and I truly enjoyed it for what it was. And also other parts of it that really stood out to me in terms of how the movie celebrate black women um, is the layers of black women that I liked is that they really played on a different layers of black women what I love was that black women are not restricted to being the typical tropes of being ghetto, uneducated black girl, or independent black woman that don't need no man, um, mistress, side chick. You know, the, the list is endless. And I appreciate it in terms of there was a sisterhood, there was unity, we had each other's back, there was no tensions, there was no issues. You would have thought as his right-hand woman, I thought they was probably going to try to spin it and say that he, him, T'Challa... And her had something going on, but they really didn't. She had her lover that she was with, and she you've seen she was about to kill him for war. Like she was mm-hmm. like, Yo, we could go here if you really want to take it there. We could throw these hands, <laughs> we could throw these hands bro. <laughs> like, let me know what you want to do. You see, he bowed down real quick because he knew what time it was. Easy, so easy with this bow down thing. <laughs> you just I, I let it slide the first time. Relax, relax. Fellas are talking what? Yeah. It's, it's we're equal. There's no Oh bowing now we're down. equal. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Great. Remember that. Remember where we equal. But um, I really did enjoy that aspect of it. And also how dark women are being properly represented in the film, which I think it's really important because black women with lighter skin tones have benefited a lot in Hollywood over the years and they still are benefiting. Let's stop playing around and notice what positions like light skinned women end up playing, like which it places them in a positive light as if dark skinned women are like marginalized where other were a problem that needs to be fixed. I like that we were the center of this film and we were celebrated with grace and style. And also, um, black women and girls, that young dark-skinned girls could see themselves in this film. I think that is so important. And that's what I truly like in terms of bald head and natural hair are being considered the norm in this film. Lapita's hairstyles, I was like, girl, I'm loving every bit of it. The fro, she had the chiny bumps, you know. <laughs> they call them Bantu knots, but if you Jamaican, we call them chiny bumps. What I liked was that bald head women and natural hair are considered the norm in this film and it is appreciated and celebrated, which is not something you see a lot of. I really did appreciate it in terms of that. Yeah. Uh, what stood out for me was the scene when Danae was wearing a wig as a disguise. She was really eager to take it off to the point where she says, I want you to get this ridiculous thing off my head. And, like, right when the fight scene was starting up, she literally took that wig off so fast and threw it in some dude's face. And I was literally rolling when that happened. But, like, for me, what it really what it really stood for was, like, the natural hair movement, which I love because it embraces the beauty that is being black. And for me personally, like, when guys ask me, like, what kind of hairstyle do you like on a girl? Like, I personally say... I like any kind of hairstyle as long as, like, you're just rocking it, you feel confident in it. So whether you could be bald, you could have a Caesar, you could have the twist, whatever, dreads, a perm, it doesn't matter. And 
the women in this movie, they were fierce, beautiful, and just confident, and I loved it all. And black, honey. Yes. <laughs> so what, what did you think about that, Key, when she took with the wig and she was just so eager to take it off? I was laughing. I was like, <laughs> please, God. I was glad she took the wig off anyway, and I just think it represented so much in that moment in regards to like being true to yourself yeah. and not having to be some, become something that you're not. And getting caught up in these false notions of wearing wigs and stuff of that sort. If you want to do it, that's fine. But I think in that moment, that was really powerful. And it was she was true to her character, which I loved even more. Yeah. She was unapologetically black and didn't give a fuck about it. And I loved every minute of it. Yep, yep. And the one-liners in the movie were great. Like, as you were saying, uh, Zuri, T'Challa's little sister. <laughs> she is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, she was. She had me dying throughout the movie. But one of my favorite parts was when... The, the CIA? Yeah, the CIA dude who was white, she, he walked up behind her and was like, don't scare me like that, colonizer. <laughs> and literally, the theater just started going crazy. <laughs> And, but it was like these real unapologetic jokes that tackled real issues, but in a lighthearted way that I really loved, appreciated about this movie because everyone got it and like everyone appreciated it for what it was. Yeah. So like I went with a couple of my friends and like one of them was white and honestly I was looking over to see like how his reaction was to mm-hmm. it and I just felt like they just, he was dying too when things like that were happening and I feel like it just, it was real and it tackled like real important issues and made powerful statements without having to like go into like this huge, deep discussion about it. It's just like, this is what it is and we're just going to put it out there and then just continue the movie. But I thought they did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. So another aspect of the movie that I really loved was just the powerful representation of Africa like I mentioned before in, in recent in past episodes, I definitely was in the sunken place for a little while and recently just got woke. And just even a few years ago, when I thought of kings and queens, the only thing that really came to mind was Europe because I really wasn't present to the powerful history of the, the continent of Africa. With that being said, having Black Panthers show Africa as beautiful, thriving, powerful, technologically advanced, and peaceful, that was just really inspiring for me. And Because too often, when Africa is depicted in the media, you really only see poverty, disease, and war. And that's not the whole truth of Africa in any way whatsoever. And to my point, in an interview with the Washington Post, the director of the film, Ryan Coogler, stated, you see media that can make you feel ashamed to be African. They can make it feel like it's a shameful thing. I think it's not. For me, the biggest thing on this was making this awesome, globe-trotting political thriller that just happens to be about Africans. So, what were your thoughts about the representation of Africa in this movie, Keith? Um, I think it was it was done really well. Um, and it your point, I mean, you basically captured everything in what you said in terms of how it was being represented. I think from the things I've seen through the media and different countries in Africa and how they perceive different countries um, as being impoverished. And then you have the citizens of the country, like their bones are showing and they need money. And it's like, and I'm like, this is not a representation of the entire continent and strong emphasis on continent because people think Africa is a country and that tends to be very problematic. It is a continent and there are certain countries that are not doing as well as others, but it's not a complete depiction of the entire continent. And what I enjoyed about this film is that it really showed like the beauty of it. Um, more so, more than anything, what I loved and walked away with was unity. And I haven't seen that among us <laughs> in a very long time. And even though it was just for that moment in time and just seeing it on film, that's one of the beautiful things I walked away with in terms of a proper representation of Africa is the unity and the culture the vibrant colors, all of those things I think are beautiful. Sisterhood, brotherhood, that is what I truly love. I think the part that I was in awe was when he was doing a ceremony and being the challenge to become the king in the waterfall. And you Mm. see all of them standing up and it's just that moment. It was just like, it was so beautiful to me, you know, and how they were in sync with each other, you know, and I love every minute of it. So I thought it did a proper representation and director 
he hit the nail on the head with that one, you know, and I'm glad that he said it. Like, people are ashamed to wear their garments, are ashamed to be Africans in some aspects, and you shouldn't have to be. It, it, you should definitely embrace it and love it for what it is, and that's why I think it was important that people showed up to the movie screening, and they, it was a display of a beautiful culture to make people realize this is who we are, not what the media um, put us not don't believe the hype of what the media says in terms of putting us in a negative light yeah earlier in the episode we discussed the star-studded black buster cast so I <laughs> you did that. <laughs> um but we have to give credit and pay homage to the people behind the cameras because representation behind the cameras Definitely matters just as much as representation in front of the cameras. A la um, H&M. <laughs> diversity. Sorry. You wait. You can have all the, the black people in your ads, but there's no diversity behind that. It, Don't you, you get... Yeah, sorry. I'm just going to bring... Come on, Key. Let's focus. You want to bring it back? Focus. Let's focus on something positive. Um, so yes, representation behind the cameras matters just as much. As you know, Ryan Coogler is a director. Fun fact, he also directed Fruitvale Station and Creed. And they both had um, Michael B. Jordan as the leading actor in the role. Um, Joe Robert Cole is a co-writer for Black Panther. Hannah Beachler is a film production director. She basically built the nation of Wakanda. And fun fact, she worked on Beyonce's visual album Lemonade. She is very extremely talented, okay? Much credit and kudos to her. And and Ruth um, E. Carter, she was in charge of the film's wardrobe, and Nate Moore was executive producer. Fun fact, he was worked on several other Marvel films, and Camille Friend was the head of the hair department for the film. Pierre, so how important do you think it is to have people of color and their stories represented on the big screen? Oh, I think that is very important. Um, I think a lot of the issues with like problems when it comes to people of color in the world is we're perceived, especially darker people, we're perceived to be thugs and gangsters. And like I, I told you, I've had experiences where I've walked up to people and they clutch their purses. Yeah. And I think that's all part of just the narrative that has been told about people of color. So I think like I'm like loving the time that we're in because there's people like um, Jordan Peele, directors like Ryan Coogler, who are just putting out, like, Issa Rae and mm-hmm. her new shows. Like, people are putting out the stories and the narrative of black people. And I think that's what really shows us, like, really humanizes us. We're not we're not super predators, yeah. a la Hillary Clinton. <laughs> um, so I think that's such a powerful thing, like, really to write our own narrative and people to, to just see, like, there's more that's the same about us than that actually divides us. And when people get to go to a theater and see a movie like this that is primarily black and can actually relate to what they're going through in the movie, it's like that's what's going to bring people together. So I think it is literally crucial. I think the media is what actually divides people a lot and how certain people are represented. And this is just an opportunity to write our stories and and bring people together okay cool and if i'm being honest it was weird for me to see this movie because the cia agent was essentially the token white guy of the movie and in my head i was like asking myself because i went with one of my friends who's Mm -hmm. white it was like a big group of us and in my head i'm like asking myself like does he feel underrepresented in the movie? Like, cause there's not that many white people in the movie and I get it. This movie was not the norm, but I just can't help but feel like as people of color, we're accustomed to dealing with like racism, um, being marginalized and just things of that nature. So much so that we get pretty much desensitized to it. Uh, and I think you said this in a recent episode where so many people are just like going crazy over the Trump administration and what's happening because they're starting to feel attacked. But for black people, it's like, oh, welcome to the party. Like, this is what we were accustomed to. So just during, like, watching the movie and seeing the quote-unquote token white guy, 
I was just, I was really just asking myself, like, how does he feel? Like, is he all right? Like, is he having a good time? Like, I don't want him to just be going through some, like, emotions, feeling like this isn't fair to him. He doesn't see that many white people. He should feel the same way we feel when we see black people in movies and they die within the first 10 minutes. You all right? <laughs> You'll be okay. But yeah, so what, okay, so what What are your thoughts on that? And that that's just me. I'm always worrying about how oh, other cute. people feel and their thoughts on things. I'm just like, we're used to this, so we can handle it. I don't know if other people can handle like something like that. So yeah, that that just was going through my mind during the movie. Um, I think in that case, I really didn't feel bad. I mean, there's so many films of us where we die within ten minutes, and our characters are not fully developed throughout the film, and we don't get proper recognition, or we are treated as if we're not even a part of the film, for that matter. Um. So in that case, I really didn't feel any type of way. I did like the role that the CIA played. He did not come in trying to take over and like say this is what we should do and strategize and that you've often seen in a lot of films um, as if we needed him in terms of actually him needing us. And what I liked about it was that they were able to work together and he didn't come over and try to take charge. And he actually needed assistance from um, Shuri. She was the one... That was telling him how to actually maneuver the plane because he even know what to do. And she was like, well, you're trained to do it, right? Um, and he was turning to a younger black woman for assistance. So I think that really says a lot within itself. And I like that it was more of a unity than opposed to him coming in and trying to be on some Christopher Columbus shit and discover nothing if it was already there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I did appreciate that message in the film. So as you know, here at Unapologetically Different Podcasts, we love some good quotes. And throughout the film, I think they had some very valid quotes that was mentioned. Also, shout out to Coach P for his quotes of the day. If you are not subscribed, shoot us a DM. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, and we will get you on that email list for some daily motivation and inspirational quotes. Ooh, good look for the shout outs. I do what I can when I can get it done. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite parts more so was when uh, Michael B. Jordan, also known as Killmonger, was after losing a battle against the Black Panther, and he was dying. He was offered a chance to live by Black Panther, and his response is no, because he will not live life as a prisoner he then powerfully states bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage before ending his life that was beautiful by the way yeah i was just like he he literally just stole the movie <laughs> like facts he he literally he was my favorite character hands down like, even though you disagree with his approach yeah but mm-hmm. he, the way he just from the very beginning of the movie when he was in the um the museum and he was like what do you mean? I can't. I'm. Not, I can't take this. How did you guys get this? Like you already like, know it's gonna be lit. Yeah, he was like, you got your people following me the moment I walked in. <laughs> but yeah, that that quote was just, I think, such a powerful way to end the end his role in the movie, and I literally was just like gasp, like that was crazy. Um, and then. Um, another quote that really stood out to me in this movie was when Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, he ends the movie with Wakanda deciding they'll come out of isolation to help make the world a better place. And they announced this at a UN press conference where he states, in times of crisis, the wise build bridges while the foolish build barriers. And the movie essentially ends with a subtle but powerful jab at the orange man in the White House. (laughs) What do you think about that, Key? I was laughing. Agent Orange. <laughs> I thought it was. I, I think it ended on a great note, and I loved it. I was like, "Yes, throw all the shades in the world," especially in rebuttal to his response in regards to him saying that um, Africans and um shithole countries. Facts. So I think that was that was a very. It was the the film ended really well on that note in terms of that situation. So I loved it for what it was. Yeah, Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> doing a sign and everything <laughs> that's funny so it's a wonderful movie um please go check it out if you haven't seen it already i mean after listening to this episode you might as well go check it out and if you saw the movie already go see it again and again and again and again and yeah keep keep seeing the movie damn i can't wait for part two to come out i'm looking forward to part two but then again i hope it's like it has to be bigger and better because you know sequels be like oh that this sequel is gonna be 
it, I feel with Marvel, they always the first movie is just to build the character, let teaser. you know, and then the next one they just go all out. That's why I can't wait. It's gonna be lit. I'm trying to get in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to get a role? Yeah, give me extra something. I'm trying to be on set. Yeah, it was a great film, and I think in light of Black History Month and all that's been happening, it, we definitely need it. It was, for me, it just, and my soul needed that movie. Yeah. And my spirit, in light of what's going on, I felt celebrated, praised, and embraced, and I haven't felt that way in a very long time. So, yeah. I celebrate you, Key, every day. Thank I, you. I love you. I love you, too, even Aww. though you get on my nerves Aww. sometimes. Aww. Aww. <laughs> um, so, we want to end off the show discussing the new Drake video for God's Plan, which if you haven't seen it, you definitely need to go check it out because, like you were saying, like I think you actually told this to me the other day, Like this has probably been one of the best Black History Months in recent memory, like with Black Panther coming out and then Drake's uh, God's Plan video where he essentially had a budget of about a million dollars and he takes all that money and is going around Miami just giving back to the community and it was just the video particularly was people powerful. that are impoverished and people in lower income communities it was very powerful very emotional film um, video I don't know if you could really watch it without choking up and crying I think even in a scene Drake had was emotional as well um, it was a very powerful video and I haven't seen anything like that at all <laughs> like an artist just giving out money and a music video normally you see chicks and you know twerking and strippers and they making it rain but it was like it's like he was making it rain but in a good way Facts. um and i truly loved it for what it was in light of what's going on and i think it's a very powerful video and definitely go check it out um yeah yeah. I thought it was it was it was a really good video. I have people are talking about it. Like, Let me go check it out. But also to your point, it is one of the best Black History Months I've had. I think in terms of the hype of this film, um, and also the symbolism behind it, like you know, Black actors and actresses in front of the camera, but also people behind the camera who's putting in the work to make sure this movie is done really well. The soundtrack um, was produced by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And also, I think that's very powerful within its own self. And then, you know, we got God Plan dropping videos and giving out million dollars. It's it's a it's a good time to be alive. Fact. Well, we'll see. <laughs> this man is president. And <laughs> hopefully they'll be closer to impeaching him. Because <laughs> 13 Russian nationals were indicted all in the month of Black History <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> Damn. To be honest, I'm not even I'm not even gonna even think about that because Teflon Don he just always finds a way to like slither his way out of things. So he does, but you know what? He, he's literally like that that villain in the movie, like where you they almost get him and then I mean, somehow he slips he out. He slips away. <laughs> so he, I feel like Donald's gonna get out of this four years and just escape and disappear somewhere. I yeah. don't know, but whatever. It's fine. Wakanda Fact. forever. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> we out here in these streets. All right, so we're wrapping up our season four. Yeah. Um. So let you guys know this is our one year anniversary that because is... we did debut last year. Um. Around this time. In February. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It's been a whole year. You've been putting up with me. No, you've been putting up with me. <laughs> I, I secretly be in the in the background key, just be getting at me. Don't but... even say that. No, no, no. This podcast wouldn't exist without you. Um, oh, thank you. If you guys have been following us, you already know our routine. We do about several episodes, and we take a bit of a break so that we could continue to develop more content and bring you new and better um, information. And, of course, to have topics and conversations around what's going on in our current political climate, our culture, social injustice issues, everything of that sort. So we do – I can't even say this enough. I know it sounds redundant, Um we really do appreciate the support. For those of you who've been following us from the beginning till now, we're not ending. We're not stopping. We're going to continue. We're going to continue to work harder and work on bringing you new things next season. And what I truly loved about this season was this is the first season we've had several guests on our show. Yeah. Not only one, but we had up to five guests on our show. And make sure you check out those episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. Yeah, this is... It's honestly been... Um, it's been a roller coaster from oh, the yes. very beginning. Um, 
I, I couldn't even imagine having guests on the show. So just seeing that growth and just where we've come from, like, I was super nervous when we did our first episode. I'm like, I, I remember like on Instagram when we first started the page, like <laughs> we were like trying to get like two likes on a page. And we got like 500, <laughs> two of them was us. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, I, we got three likes, bro. <laughs> like, so yeah, honestly, the, like you said, Kaki said, um, the support and just the really just nothing but love and appreciation for you guys and continue to just be on the journey with us as we continue to grow, um, get better, bringing in new, new content and more guests just to just expand that experience at Unapologetically Different. We love you guys. And also, Coach P is going to continue doing his thing to make sure what developments we have coming along with that. Yes, so... Coach P, definitely here to stay, and we're definitely going to continue to grow and expand on that segment. And what we actually, what Kian actually mentioned before, definitely shoot us a DM and reach out to us either on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We can add you to the Coach P Daily Motivational Quote. And then we're going to just be doing some challenges for next season, just doing some things just to really invigorate people and just get you motivated and just get if, if life is feeling a little stuck, just doing some things that can move you in that right direction. So I'm definitely excited about that. Um, I'm excited as well. Yeah, so look out for that. And also, definitely check out the unapologetically different ringtone, which we're going to put the notes into the, the show notes. You can get that on iTunes and on Tunes for all mobile devices. Definitely, I love starting my day off to the unapologetically different ringtone. It's just so smooth and just like silky. I just like float out of my bed when that alarm comes on. (laughs) And then when you call me, it's just like... (laughs) Hey, seriously, it it feels good. Like I used to wake up to the... The buzzer along so like it feels dun, better dun, waking dun. up to that. It's more yeah, soothing. Exactly. Like, but I since smoke. you guys been following us from the beginning of time, definitely try to get our ringtone. That's another way to support us. We really do appreciate it. Um, and let us know. Keep us posted on your thoughts about our episodes. We're open to constructive criticism. We have been revamping our show according to what people have been telling us. Um, because we want to continue to grow and evolve and make sure we're taking this further and making it bigger than what it is so please do not hesitate to either shoot us an email or to comment under one of our posts as to your takes on one of our episodes whether it's good bad or in between we're open to all of it yeah and also leave a review on itunes yes definitely here's very big on reviews <laughs> yeah <laughs> very very big on reviews so definitely go rate and review on itunes it takes about 30 seconds and it makes all the difference for us so we really appreciate it yes so that's a wrap once again, thank you for tuning in. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at unapologeticd underscore. And you can also find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, and iTunes by searching Unapologetically Different. Stay tuned for next season's episode. Bye.